Classic Harrison Price for Tuesday, October 17th, 2023. We're coming to you from the Go-Go Sports Studio, built by Arbor Lee here at the iconic Wall Center, downtown Vancouver. If you're heading to a game in downtown Vancouver and there's a big football game Friday, big soccer match Saturday, make a staycation out of it. Don't deal with driving. Don't deal with the Ubers or the cabs. Call 604-331-1000. Make it a night here at the Wall Center. Matt Sikers alongside Blake Price. Grady Sass hitting switches, conducting things. This show, a presentation of Applewood Auto Group celebrating 25 years at Infinity in the Richmond Auto Mall. You can lease the 2023 QX50 from 3.49% or a 2023 QX60 from 2.99%. Then over at Applewood Nissan Richmond, Applewood Nissan Langley, Applewood Nissan Surrey, and finance the Rogue from 3.99%. And you can lease or finance the 23 or 24 Leaf from 6.99%. How does that sound? Not Is bad it, at all. Uh, For an EV, get in there and never see a gas pump right. again. Sounds, it's all good. It's all good at Applewood. <laughs> um, just p- pinch yourself here as you talk about the staycation possibilities this weekend. There's a, a gridiron team mm-hmm. trying to win to secure top spot in the division. Mm-hmm. Like for the end of the season, folks. Not like for like a brief time. Like they're trying to clinch the division. Right. And the very next day, the soccer team's trying to clinch home field yeah. advantage. In less than 24 hours. I mean, the Lions game at 7 and it's going to end at 10 or whenever it ends. Yeah. And then what, 20 hours later, here come the Whitecaps. What's the chance to... You stay one night at the at the Wall Center. Exactly. You can have both events. Right. And you got time because of the 6 o'clock start. You could probably right. drive home for, for Saturday night if you wanted to. Or stay the weekend. Whatever. Mm-hmm. But, oh my gosh. I mean, no, what, a huge what a weekend, fun weekend. A huge weekend at BC Place. And, of course, the Vancouver Canucks will also have our attention as they make their way through the eastern stops on this five-game road trip. Bodog poll question today. We're asking you, which center do you want facing the opponent's top line? JT Miller, Elias Pettersson. Vote at Sakarison Price on Twitter. Bodog, your source for casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. Bodog, line of the day from me. Decided it's going to be getting ahead of ourselves week on the Bodog line of the day. Talked about the Canucks are plus 800 to win the Pacific Division. Yeah. You like Elias Patterson to win the Hart Trophy, plus 4,000 on your Bodog line of the day. Canucks in Philadelphia to face the Flyers tonight. It's the Flyers' home opener, much like it was the Oilers' home opener on Saturday, the Canucks' home opener. So this is three straight home openers for the Vancouver Canucks. The undefeated Vancouver Canucks, one of four teams that remain unbeaten in the early days of the National Hockey League schedule. The others, though, Vegas, Boston, Colorado. When was the last time the Canucks were in any kind of a company with exactly with the teams? Bruins, yeah. Knights, and Avalanche? That's the last two Stanley Cup champions and a team that had a regular season for the ages, a historic regular season last year. Again, early days, but the Canucks are hanging with that company mm-hmm. right now. I voted Patterson on the poll, but I got to hand it to JT Miller in that line. They did a terrific job in Edmonton. Well, again, both games against the Oilers in what is one of the toughest matchups in the National Hockey League 
against Connor McDavid, and there were times in those games for Jay Woodcroft, the head coach of the Oilers, even moved Dreisaitl with McDavid, so it becomes an even more difficult proposition when they're on the ice together. I saw that Grady tweeted he likes the defensive ability, and, and we're just asking centers here. We didn't ask which line. We asked with center. We anticipate the wingers will swap out some over the course of the season, although DiGiuseppe and Besser with Miller looks like as in stone a line or a pairing as Rick Tockett has here. I saw Grady said he likes the defensive ability a little better on the flanks with Miller right now, which I agree with, although... You know, you do have to wonder about pace there with Besser at one point. If you're going in an up-and-down game, and I know Tockett doesn't want to play up-and-down hockey, but if it becomes an up-and-down game, I would be a little more concerned about that line defensively, particularly Besser's side, although he does look quicker. And, of course, Ilya McKay hurt right now, so you've got Connor Garland playing on Elias Pettersson's line alongside Andre Kuzmenko, who, as we know, is not the best defensive player. Look, I think... Patterson is a better defensive center, mm-hmm. but you got to love the way that Miller has responded to the challenge here. He said all the right things last year at this time, if you'll remember. Oh, I don't care about 99 points. My aim is to be a better defensive center. And then didn't really, you know, his mouth was cashing checks that his body didn't keep as we went along the season where there were a lot of defensive miscues bad puck management from Miller. The thing is... Particularly when Boudreaux was still coaching. Out on a big, long road trip right now, um, this isn't a time where you're necessarily going to get the matchups you want anyway. So, you know, I I think as you try to jockey and maybe facilitate some quick changes, oh, shoot, we got our fourth line out there, but now they've got their top line out there. Uh, how many times you are you going to be able to to send the Miller line back out over the boards? I think they're probably going to have to divide the job up a little bit because if you keep on trying to do that, what they do is they keep on throwing the top line out there, and and you're, you're forced to play your guys a lot more than you probably would normally want to. So yep. I bet you the job is sort of a two thirds one third split anyway. However they want to go, but until it's broke, I, I don't think you fix it. I think you just stay with with. Your your uh, mm-hmm. preference for Miller, but if you if it ends up being Pedersen out there, that's not the end of the world. And as we know, Connor Garland isn't taking the most regular shift with that first line of Pedersen and Kuzmenko. We'll see if that continues today. Protecting the lead, maybe it's Sam Lafferty out there. You know, well, you know, and, and Garland. We know there was a flu bug going through the team, so we you know assume that certain players were compromised in these first couple of games in terms of their health, their stamina, their hydration in some cases. No morning skate for the Canucks today. We know they had a, a grueling practice yesterday, so we're left to we're left to wonder whether the same lineup or same lines and defense pairings are going to stay intact. We saw that at practice yesterday. Carson Soucy, of course, the big question mark. Does he make his Vancouver Canucks debut? That looked good yesterday, skating on a pair with Noah Juleson. Hughes and Ronick have so far stood the test of time as your top defensive pair, which brings me to the third line, Blake. And of the 10 of the 12 forwards Vancouver has used through two games, all but two are without a point right now. I mean, that happens when you score 12 goals yep. for two games. Yep. Pius Suter and Anthony Beauvillier, the only two without a point. Now, look, that's a third line. And if that third line is doing its job, it's going to see some pretty tough matchups over the course 
of a game and you're most concerned about that team or that line playing well defensively. Now, you do need them to chip in with points from time to time, particularly a player like Anthony Beauvillier. But Suter's playing 16-54 through two games. And, of course, without Teddy Bluger, he's playing some penalty kill alongside JT Miller and Sam Lafferty. Uh, Beauvillier playing 14 and a half minutes. In fact, Dakota Josh was playing more than Anthony Beauvillier through a couple Is of Is Beauvillier games. the four that's left us most wanting? I think so. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I, I think if... If there's a, a forward you want to spot shadow tonight and say he's got to be better long term, I think it's Anthony Bovillia. Through camp and preseason, like you just didn't really see much Boy, out of him. He, I, I was just thinking, like we were talking a little bit about low event hockey with uh, Tockett through the preseason when a lot of those games, not much, not much was happening. When Anthony Bovillier goes quiet, he goes like stone silent, huh? Yeah. You like don't notice him at all. All, and when we did notice him last year, he was playing with EP forty, right? I mean, he's been streaky here, and 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 it's just the outages and just the radio silence. But I don't mind the points outages through two games. He's not a point per game player, so I don't mind him not being. I just don't have many memories of him in the games. That that's what I mean. Yeah, it's like I reflect back on my notes, and I like virtually every player is in there two to three times, and he's. Like there's one note about him. Yeah. So I mean, again, but he's a he's a player that should be seen every couple of games, if not every third. So let's see yeah. if uh, he wakes up a little bit. Um, he's a guy who's again whose calling card is supposed to be energy and and enthusiasm and disruptiveness. Um, and some goals in there as yeah, well. Yeah, and, and then and then sprinkling in some offense, maybe a half point per game or something like that. So he's due. Um, I don't think there's worry yet, though. No. No. No, I mean, you're two games in, you're undefeated. There's no worry. No. Uh, if there is a worry, it's about the penalty kill holding up because, lo and behold, and J-Pat wrote about this for the Hockey News, the penalty kill is back to 72.7%, 23rd in the league. Now, Context there, of course, being you've played a great power play through two games, and Drysaddle and McDavid are going to get theirs with the man advantage. And the other part, and the big part of the context, is Carson Soucy, Ilya McKayev, Teddy Bluger, who were going to be primary penalty killers for you. Yep. Nobody's played a game yet amongst that trio. And in fact, just talking about players without, but we we suspect a Hiroshi comes out for Soucy. Hiroshi, Cole, Beauvillier, and Suter are the only four Canucks without a point through two games. And you got to hand it to JT Miller and Philip Ronick and Sam Lafferty and Eric Cole. Uh, sorry, Ian Cole, because they have done the, a decent job yeah. in place of the guys who would typically be holding down some of the big PK minutes. And this is a Flyers team, Blake, that... And we talked about this a little bit last year when Daniel Briere took over as the as the GM there. Or is he president of hockey operations? You'll have to forgive me. I think he might be president, yeah. Um, but this was a managerial move from the Flyers. Uh, no, he's GM. Just GM. Okay. This was a managerial move by the Flyers who tried to do things the Canucks way. One foot into a rebuild, but really not committing mm-hmm. to a rebuild. 
Daniel Briere made it clear last year, this is full rebuilt for the Philadelphia yeah, when Flyers. You're, when you're cutting loose guys like Claude Giroux and, and uh, you know, really turning pages, yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that can, looks more like a Can you really rebuild. be full rebuild, though, when Torts is demanding every drop out of you? Night in, night out. Well, um, you, on, you, on the you ice, can. you take away toys. We've t- we've said this a thousand times. You just take away the toys, and then he d- he gets mm-hmm. every drop out of the players that he's got. But you just make sure that he's got young players and journeymen, and that's what's going to happen. Still have Couturier, Atkinson, Hart. Like there's still a little ways to go here. No, it, it's not yet. Oh, it's not, it's not yet tear down. No. It, it's no, it, it's well, not it just begun. I think. It, it's not yet tear down. You're you're right about that. Um, I don't know how you get rid of Couturier. He's 30 Atkinson, years old with 1,000 years left Gra- on his deal. Grady, Atkinson was acquired when you were still one foot yep. in rebuild, one foot. So that one bears watching. Of course, Atkinson didn't play last year either. Couturier and Atkinson didn't play last year. Atkinson's at least done after next season. Right. But Couturier, my goodness, look at that contract. Well, but Couturier's a damn good player. If he's if he's if he's recovered, yeah. he's a damn good player. I mean, he's one of the great defensive centermen in the game. But he's thirty now, and as you say, the contract runs through the decade. But even even the games he played last year, when not injured, seventeen points in twenty nine games. I mean, it's down to almost a half point per game. So that can't be the the pace for a guy that's getting that level. Oh, of pay. I, and look, I, I I don't think anyone is going to say that Sean Couturier is a number one centerman because I just don't think he is. In fact. Uh, I was just, the, yeah, uh, like he didn't play at all last year. That was uh, from two years ago. Uh, right, dash two years ago, He didn't yeah. play at all last yeah, year. Yeah, Right, so you, you have to wonder where he is health-wise. And look, even at his best, I'm not sure anybody would say he he was the point producer to be a true number one centerman, 76 and 82 back in 2017, 2018. But, they, but don't, they, they don't have any gaudy cap hits outside of Couturier's, which isn't even in and of itself not that gaudy at seven point seven five. Well, I got Sanheim at six and a quarter through twenty thirty one, so that one is. But at least uh, he's only twenty seven. Onerous. That's that's fair. And, and there was a lot of talk about moving him. Yeah. In the summer, right. so I anticipate you will see Philadelphia, and they have one of these uh, slogans. I believe it's uh, a new era in orange. So you know when that's the team slogan that you're moving into. So I suspect you will see the uh, Flyers trade out more veterans. Look at their defense core, though, As Matt. this season Look at their on. defense core. Um, now they've got 2D on, on injured reserve right now. Ryan Ellis and Rasmus Ristolainen are mm-hmm. both on IR. And they've got term, mm-hmm. and they've got significant cap hits. But in terms of healthy guys right now, oh, yeah. I mean, they've got two rostered players in non-ELC contracts mm-hmm. past this year. Mm-hmm. Cam York and Travis Sanheim. Everybody else is a UFA. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have Ellis and Ristolan to yep. deal with, but uh, those are decent. And, and they just sent Mark Stahl, and I imagine Nick Sealer will get them a, a decent return at the trade deadline. Yeah. Um, as well as potentially some of their other forwards. But, you know, Konechny, Frost, Tippett, Forster, Farabee, you've got, you know, a collection of young forwards there, but this is a Flyers team. Going into a deep rebuild, and, and and that says something. I remember we we noted this last year about it saying something, because the Flyers, kind of like the Bruins and some other franchises, St. Louis, you know, didn't necessarily subscribe to the rebuild that 
they were teams accustomed to having enough success or retooling on the fly and getting to the playoffs as often as they did that they were resistant to the rebuild, even while teams like Colorado and Tampa were proving how effective a rebuild could be. Anyways, that's the opponent tonight, and we'll see if uh, if their mascot is up to its his old tricks. <laughs> and while this will have no bearing on tonight's game, or who knows, maybe it has a bearing later in the week or later in the year, but we have a trade to announce as well. The Canucks doing business, Rutherford and Alvin with their old club. So, the, no, yeah, stop it. Like The Penguins involved? Penguins are involved in a trade with the Vancouver Canucks. Jack Rathbone is getting the fresh start that he wants and needs. He is headed to Pittsburgh along with forward Carl Plaschick. And boy, he has existed yeah. on Canucks reserve lists and AHL roster for some time. For defenseman Mark Friedman and forward Ty Glover. Friedman is an NHL-experienced player. He's played 65 games between the two Pennsylvania teams, Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, going back to 2018-2019. 12 points in 65 games. Our 28-year-old right-handed defenseman, once upon a time a third-round pick out of Bowling Green University, Kevin Bieksa's school. Uh, 5'11", 185, Canadian kid from Toronto. Boy, the, the first thing that struck me when I looked at Friedman, and you, you guys are telling me he's kind of like a, a right-handed Willannon in terms of a... Although Willannon is spectacularly offensive, and, and, that, and that is not the case with Friedman. He's, he's got the ability to contribute, but two he's, way. The, yeah. he's, yeah. not, he's not as spectacular offensively as Willannon does. The thing that struck me about Friedman is, boy, did the pandemic really hurt this guy's development. 2019-2020... He plays 51 games. The full bubble season, 20-21, he plays nine games, guys, between the two NHL teams he's played for. Comes back the next year, plays just 28 games. Eh, six playoff games, 34. And then last year, just 47 games between the Penguins and their AHL affiliate. So that kid has not exactly put a lot of miles on the odometer in the last four years. It's true. Not a lot of hockey played. You're right. It's unbelievable, actually, to look <laughs> up and down that game's played call. I mean, he's not alone here. There were a lot of players who were compromised yeah. by the pandemic. And then uh, Glover, actually born in Great Britain. Don't see that a whole lot. Assigned to the ECHL this year, though. I think right. it's just a contract. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just he, a contract. He is simply uh, yeah, a depth player. Yeah. And as for Rathbone, boy, Blake, I thought when he made those cameos at the end of that Canadian bubble season, and let's face it, looked pretty well, looked pretty good, that the Canucks were looking at a guy who was going to be an NHL defenseman. Remember that? He played those yep. eight games. He had three points. He looked like he had poise and all that. We were struck that, you know, he's got a little bit of Chris Tanev to him in terms of the game didn't look too, too fast for him. Well, since then, it's been 20 NHL games, one goal, one assist. He had that big year for Abbotsford, 40 points in 39 games in 21-22. 
but down to 14 points last year in 37 games with Abbotsford. Played 11 in the NHL for the Canucks. As we know, wasn't exactly uh, a Travis Green favorite. Didn't become a Bruce Boudreau favorite. And it didn't seem like Rick Tockett and this new coaching staff had a lot of a lot of time for Jack Rathbone. So I, w- I wish him well. I uh, think I think there was um, a case to be made that he deserved more looks than he got. Um, I'm not saying he was he's a certified NHL player. They lost a great one here. I'm not going out on that limb, but I do think there was a world in which he deserved a little bit more of a look than he got. Trivia for you both. Um. We mentioned the Canucks and the good job they did on Connor McDavid. He passed terrible Ted Lindsay in the uh, NHL's all-time scoring list up to 853 points. There are five players in league history who had more points than McDavid through their first eight seasons in the NHL. Five points. Can you name five people with more points than McDavid? Five people with more points than McDavid's 850 through first eight seasons in the NHL. Five guys in history. Okay, so let's go with the obvious uh, Gretzky and Lemieux. Gretzky and Lemieux were one and two. Marcel Dion. Marcel Dion and Yager are both wrong. Really? Oh. Dale Howarchuk. Nope. Crosby. Nope. No! Stevie Y. Nope. Oh, God. Um, wow. Okay. Very interesting. I'll um, give you a hint. Mike Bossy. Mike Bossy is number three. Gretzky, Lemieux, Bossy are your top three there. Two more, both centermen. Messier? Both from the high-scoring 80s era. Uh, Ron Francis? Nope. No. Dennis Savard. Dennis Savard is number five. 851. He had one more point than McDavid through eight years. Adam Oates? Nope. Um, Come on, Blake. This guy's always on the list of high scorers in the 80s, even if he like was... Like Bernie Nichols? No, 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 no. Uh, he's always on the list of high-scoring guys on in the 80s, and he's always the guy that people miss because of the market that he played in. Jeez. High-scoring. Not like Bernie Federko. Team doesn't exist anymore. It's been relocated. Um, so... And not your Jets. And not Hartford. Pepper Beak? No. no. Peter Sassany. Oh, right there. It was. Uh, that's why I went. I, sh- I should have got that because Howard Chick and Sassany were for the longest right, exactly. time. Exactly. The best rookies ever, right? So, right. Yeah. I was disqualified. Was, I was not born. <laughs> um, that was the thing about watching hockey in the 80s. The Jets there for the, a little while weren't very good. The Nordiques for, you know, you know they all. Both those franchises existed in the shadow of others, right? Winnipeg in the shadow of Edmonton, Quebec in the shadow of Montreal. But boy, did Stastny and Havrachuk come to play and light the lamp a fair bit. Potentially good news for the Canucks on Thursday when they head into Tampa. Have you seen this? Steven Stamkos. Pardon me. Steven Stamkos. Lower body injury. He missed Sunday's game. He's not on the ice there today. Wondering about the status for Thursday against the Canucks. As we know, Andre Vasilevsky is also out there. So the Canucks may well catch Tampa 
without their number one all-star, all-world goaltender, and without Steven Stamkos, who has been nearly a goal-a-game guy against the Canucks over his career. Mm-hmm. Blake has done many a Lightning Canucks post game in his career. Stamkos has participated in 18 of them. 16 goals, 27 points. He's 1.33 points per game against the Vancouver Canucks in his career. For a guy that is almost on the nose a point per game in his career. Right. So he's so much better He's against, even better yeah. against the Canucks. Yeah. And he's got four points in two games thus far this season. Yeah, he's a nice start. And the other thing, of course, about Stamkos, Blake, is he is one of the big potential free agents next summer. Next year's free agent, unrestricted free agent class. And, of course, it will change between now and July. And we've already seen it weaken a fair bit when you take a look at some of the guys who have just signed extensions here on the eve of the of the season. But Stamkos would stand as one of the bigger name. And we'll see about most productive free agents next summer if he gets there. He's uh, already you do said- wonder, you know, if 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 Tampa can't make it this year because the Vasilevsky injury compromises them too much in the first couple months of the season, does Tampa look about okay? We've got to get to our next era of players and move Stamkos along. He's his feelings are hurt that they haven't sort of been talking about this more uh, seriously. So, uh, yeah, you wonder. But he's 33. Mm-hmm. So, like, I completely get yeah. this out of Breezebaugh and the – in fact, he'll be 34 in February. So I, I completely understand that from the point of view of the Tampa Bay Lightning upper management. BC Lions home Friday to Calgary. It's the regular season finale. The penultimate home game of the season we know – they have two home games left. We just don't know if it's the West Division semifinal or the West Final. As we've mentioned, they once again here play in advance of the Bombers so they can win this game and then put the pressure on Winnipeg to beat Edmonton Saturday and then Calgary next week. BC is off with a bye in the final week of the CFL regular season. The good news, and it looked terrible on Friday, but Vernon Adams practiced yesterday. We had Dane Evans on the show. We asked him about Adam's status. He said he didn't know. Adams was telling Moj and Julio in the post game on AM seven thirty that you know it looked worse, initially felt worse than what it really is, and he'll be good to go. His last chance to put a punctuation mark, an exclamation point, on his most outstanding player candidacy. The Lions were actually down two corners yesterday at practice. Jalen Edwards-Cooper who missed last week's game. Adrian Green, the young Canadian who stepped in and played well in that tough spot a few weeks ago, uh, also missed practice. But other than that, the Lions pretty healthy. And really, they've had a lot of good fortune there this year. Some receivers have missed games. Dominic Rimes missed a bunch, but they have so much depth there they were over, able to overcome. Ryan Phelps was not happy when Edwards Cooper got injured two, two games back, like he because he had just come back. Remember, right? Well, and, and he's been in and out of the lineup all year. Yeah, I think he was just. I think he likes the player and oh, feels bad so. for the kid too. And um, yeah, but when Jones has had to play, I mean, they've been okay there. Incidentally, did you see the orange satin jacket that RP was wearing Friday? I did not on the sideline. No, I missed Hamilton. that. 
absolutely gorgeous. You know how these like old starter jackets yeah. are making a comeback? The one RP was wearing Friday was the PS de resistance. Absolutely stunning. Everybody we were watching with like, oh, look at the jacket. Or Phillips. I like the BC logo now. The Just the simple BC hat. My brother said to me Friday, he goes, I got to say the Lions logo and colors ha- are best in class in the CFL and have been really forever. Yeah. My dad loves them too. Oh, absolutely gorgeous. Outside, perfect. outside their dressing room now, and fans that are right by that tunnel where they run out can can catch a glimpse of it. Um, they've got like a neon BC, interlocking BC yep. outside. It, it's which put, is also a great logo. It, I mean, it's yeah. an old one brought back. Love but, it, love it. It's timeless. I love the lion's head. Yeah, well, they they look good, and now they're playing good too. And you got a chance to win tickets here with Sakarison Price. Text hashtag Lions to 778-402-9680. Your chance for a pair of tickets, a food and beverage voucher, and a gift card at the team store. We'll be announcing a winner on Thursday's program. Monday Night Football, Dallas wins. Big victory for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys. The Chargers. Beginning of the year. I loved what Teddy Bruschi said uh, on ESPN Countdown about the Chargers. I don't want to hear about your injuries. I don't want to hear about your missed kicks or special teams penalties or your close games or your one-score games or any of that shit. This is the year you have to get it done. Where Because you have one of the big pieces. You have the great quarterback. Great receiver, great running oh, back. Oh, look at the receiving group. And, and, you know, they spent another first-round pick on a receiver this year to go with Allen and Williams and Ackler, as you say. When he's healthy. Well, of course, they're not often healthy now, are they? Two and three for the Chargers. You do wonder whether Brandon Staley is going to survive this if they don't do something. Uh, in a division with Kansas City, yeah, who have won five in a row. You're playing second for second anyway. You're, you're pretty much playing for second anyways, which means you're, le- you're on the road in the p- playoffs if you make the playoffs. But the Raiders are trash. I don't think the Raiders are going to be good. Well, and so is Denver. Yeah. Yeah, so you, so like, you should be an easy and yeah. clear number two in that division yep. with double-digit wins and a chance to punch above your weight class if you can actually win a ball game outside of your home stadium, which brings me... Well, they're only like, one and two at home. ...to their quote-unquote home stadium. Was that, was that a 50-50 crowd last night? Mm. Now, the Cowboys have been doing training camps in California for years. The Cowboys are a big national brand, and America's the team and yes. all that. Yeah, yeah. But one of the stories that has emerged here, because we're now several years out from the Chargers moving to Los Angeles, from the, Ra- uh, from the Raiders moving to Las Vegas. I don't think either team has established a home field in their stadiums. That, And I know, again, Steelers, big national brand and all that. But that was the Steelers' home crowd against the Raiders. Yeah, I, I think it's I the think, Cowboys' home crowd against the Chargers. I think you've picked two bad examples. When, when that happens for another, those are the two brands, Matt. Those are the two national. Well, brands. Packers there as well. No, but they, it, they travel well. As yeah, well. but it, 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 if I had to rank them, those are your number yep, one and two. Yep, that's probably so, fair. It, that's when probably we see fair. it for another brand, like if the Giants or like just kind of a mid brand sort of come no, in there, if and it's Tennessee like that, and Indianapolis, well, those are low. Take, those are low. If they take over your stadium, yeah, you've got a, a problem. That's a problem. You've got a problem. Yeah, and I do wonder 
Jim Harbaugh has had so much success at the University of Michigan, barring a national title for the last few years. He's a proven NFL head coach, winner, took San Francisco to a Super Bowl. You've got teams this offseason that may well be looking for a head coach. Jim Harbaugh has connections in the previously San Diego to the Chargers organization. He's got connections to the Bears organization. You do wonder whether Jim Harbaugh is going to make a return to the National Football League and whether it's going to be with a franchise that he has history with. But you can't feel good about Staley and the Chargers going forward here because these are the games you have to win if you're going to be taken seriously. Around the national, we should football. mention the uh, the TV star last night. It has uh, it's been investigated. The woman that was being heavily featured because she was so demonstrative. She was very excited, as excited as uh, I think I've seen. Most people thought she was a plant because teams have been doing that lately. Oh, look, character fan, that's so funny. Yeah, um, legit season ticket holder. They're there every game. Apparently not. Apparently she's not a paid actor. She has just got a lot of enthusiasm yeah. for her charges. Yeah, a lot of emotions. She's the one. Mm-hmm. As we know, L.A., kind of blasé, yeah. even on the NFL, Lakers town, she's the one. The has one fa- Chargers fan. Has fallen hard for the L.A. Capital F Chargers. Fan, yes, yeah. Uh, we got Vanny Sartini on the show. The process for a new Canadian men's national team head coach is underway. We ask Vanny because, as everybody knows, his contract is up after the season. We, we ask Vanny if there has been any interest there. We'll let you listen to that. But I did want to ask you this, um, soccer play-by-play guy. Mm-hmm. Are you hiring a coach right now and then setting it aside for after the World Cup? Or are... Do you need to see something between now and 2026 from your, this side are you, are under you, a new head coach? Basically, does the new head coach have to prove themselves in advance of the World Cup and World Cup qualifying? Or are, is it a set it and forget it thing? You're just going to hire a new coach and they're going to be in place for 2026. See, here's the difference between hosting a World Cup and just aiming at a World Cup. You're hosting the damn thing. And, and know- you're coming off a disastrous return to the World Cup in Qatar. So you need to be way better. I don't care how they find the money, where they get the money. But this needs to be a certified head coach that gets a four-year deal past the World Cup. Because one of the things we both heard was you're getting a lot of candidates who think they could get this gig who would not get a lot of other national team gigs. Like, are you, and I don't mean to be mean here, but like, I'm not sure John Herdman would have got many national team head, head coaching gigs when Canada hired him away from the women's program to be the men's coach. Yeah. So are you getting that sort of profile of a coach again, or are you going out and setting your sights on a coach who could be a co- uh, a national team coach for a European side, who could be coaching in one of the big European professional leagues. To me, that is the question now in advance of Canada soccer. And I'll say this, I'm comforted by the fact that Charmaine Crooks has the 
network and Rolodex that she has from years as an international sports participant, IOC member, and everything that is on Charmaine. I think you make this as global a search as you possibly can with uh, holding out the possibility that you go to a red-hot name closer to home. I'll throw out a, a guy, Wilfred Nancy, who... Is that the Montreal head coach? Was Montreal, okay. now with Columbus, and has been spectacular with Columbus. Okay. Like, his 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 record in MLS over the last two seasons is 56 wins, 35 losses, 27 draws. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been a magnet. Those that have been around him say he is a, he's quite, quite good at this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's, to me, the safety net offer i would try to find something of european um experience let me ask you this he's not going to leave real madrid for canada ancelotti Mm -hmm. don carlo but as we know those european professional sides they churn through a lot of coaches you know you have a bad couple of months you could be getting the pink slip at clubs like real madrid where you're expected to win and win and then win some more as we know, he spent some time here in Vancouver. His missus is Canadian. Like, if he showed any interest at any point, do you throw some? It's not happening. It's not happening. It, it, the, the, I hate how you always crush my dream on this. I one. know. I know. It, it, it's too good to be true. It, it is. And it's just too good to be true. Yeah. And that's that. Yeah. Let's get to today's menu brought to you by AG1. Um, now, if you offered him an AG1 starter pack, <laughs> Maybe Carlo Ancelotti starts to to change his mind. Folks, uh, try it. You, you'll notice the difference in how you feel, and you'll also know that you're doing something good for your body. Go to drinkag1.com slash Price and get your special offer. See, I'm going to say, Don Carlo, come down with me to Greta Bar. We'll play some Papa Shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he'll be right there. Which is a great spot, incidentally, there on Cordova to now, catch the games throughout the season playoffs or a place to chill in the offseason. Ancelotti's 64. Next World Cup cycle for 2030, wherever. This is the home one. Yeah, I know. But this, this is the home one, and this is coming off of, do you remember what he said going into Qatar? He got asked, just, uh, we know you're not participating, coach, but, you know, what do you think of the World Cup? And he said, I'm pulling for Canada. And basically said, it's my adopted home, program on the rise, fun team, great players. How about Carl Robinson? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, uh, we both know Charmaine. She can be very persuasive. Yes. She yeah. is a fantastic fantastic communicator, connector, bridge builder, all those things. I think she needs to turn all her special powers Sweep onto Don Carlo. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Absolutely. So cheer against Real. Maybe. Uh, that's it. Yeah. I, am, I am firmly in Camp Barca here. John Shannon will join us today. Uh, go over quite a bit with John, including the 2-0 and Canucks, what it's going to take for Elias Pettersson to gain the attention and votes of Eastern media members down the road. Identity. Whether they have an identity, whether you see an identity coming into focus with Rick Tockett. Talk a little bit about Adam Foote as well. And then the Connor Bedard effect here after a few games for the Chicago Blackhawks. Star swept through Toronto and got a win. We'll do some hashtags, the best and worst of Twitter, featuring Spencer Martin, Andrew Wiggins, and Creed. 
Vanny Sartini, head coach of the Caps, will join us. Talk about decision day, the final game of the regular season, Saturday at BC Place. And as mentioned, we ask him about this vacancy top the Canadian men's program. Oh, by the way, Real Madrid is 8-1 and one to start the They're season. They're always 8. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> you got to start cheering a little bit more against, against Real. Happy Hour brought to you by Yellow Dog Brewing, Neighborhood Brewing, Workshop Spirits, and very excited to announce the release of Yellow Dog's very first mix pack, Box of Tricks. Choose between the classic Play Dead IPA, the award-winning Rough West Coast IPA, and two brand new beers, Growl Extra Pale Ale and Tug of War New Zealand IPA, hitting the shelves on Tuesday, November 7th. And at the end of a busy workday, treat yourself to a Yellow Dog neighborhood or workshop spirit. No matter what you're buying, folks, when you're out in the world looking for this, that, and the other, I think you want to support businesses that you feel good about supporting. You can feel good about supporting the Applewood Auto Group. Uh, they've made the car business and communities around them a whole lot better with their work in the community. Go and find out why it is indeed all good at Applewood. Visit them online anytime at applewood.ca. Sakaris Price from Wall Center presentation, Applewood Auto Group. Head down to the Richmond Auto Mall and Applewood will have you covered the Applewood Nissan, Applewood Mitsubishi right next door. Take a car for a test drive and fall in love. How about the Mitsubishi Outlander plug-in hybrid edition? Alas, I can update you. I have finally filled up the gas tank. Uh, it has been 12 weeks of city driving, one tank fill. Does that sound good to you in today's economy? Go check it out. Go take one for a test drive. It's all good at Applewood. Bulldog poll question. Which center do you want facing the opponent's top line? GT Miller, Elias Pettersson. You can vote at Sakarison Price on Twitter. Bulldog, your source for casino games, poker strategy, and sports odds. Bulldog, line of the day from me. I'm just going to refuse that Houston gets swept here. Max Scherzer for the Rangers on the comeback trail tomorrow against Christian Javier Astros plus 114 on your Bodog line of the day. Join now as we are on Tuesdays, the former executive producer, Hockey Night in Canada, and the co-host of the Bob McCowan podcast, Mr. John Shannon. How you doing? I'm great, boys. Happy Tuesday. Yeah, and to you, you too. too. What do you make of your 2-0 and home province, Vancouver Canucks? <laughs> well, they are full value for both victories. Uh, and I, I must admit that uh, when I talked, uh, and I have talked for the last month about how good Thatcher Demko was supposed to be, I did not think I'd be talking about Casey DeSmith being that good too. So that's the positive. Uh, I, you, you know, they are more responsible defensively, and that's a big issue of why they are two and zero against uh, you know the Edmonton Oilers, who were supposed to be running away with the Pacific Division. I noticed a little bit of glee from other Stanley Cup contenders around the league that, um, and Leafs fans are included in this, that this Stanley Cup contender didn't even get a loser point over these. Like, these were two regulation wins over, over a Stanley Cup contender. And uh, I heard uh, plenty of coverage of that from uh, the Toronto side of things. And I'm sure that was the case. In other words, where the contenders were kind of whispering, like, can you believe these contenders started 0-2 with not a single point? Well, uh, l- let's face it, though. 
when Austin Matthews gets six goals in two games, you're the cock of the walk and so is your hockey club until they meet the upstart Chicago Blackhawks. So That's right. And now, That's right. Now, now, now everything in Toronto is back to normal and they're in panic mode and they can't play defense. And, I mean, they could stop everybody. You know, they could stop Bedard, but they couldn't stop other guys. So, um that 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 tells you, and I don't have to tell both of you guys. That tells you how the first week of the National Hockey League season goes. You don't win it, and you don't lose it in your first that's couple right. of games. Hey, um, do you? Um, because one of the things that's been missing, one of the many things that has been missing with the Vancouver Canucks over, well, the better part of the last decade, identity. D- do you think Rick Tockett's going to forge an identity with this club? Do you think it's happening before our eyes? right now and how much do you think that the you know getting the chance to coach the final third of last year helps talk it and helps forge some sort of identity for this I, hockey club? i think i think that point alone uh matt uh was probably the most important thing of the off season so that you could construct a team that you believed in and and the other guy the other guy i want to give some credit to and uh we don't normally and this is across the league we don't give credit to these guys and Adam Foote's a big identity guy too, uh, and and Adam Foote, I mean, the amount of character, the amount of character behind the bench in Vancouver, and that's I'm not knocking Mikey O. Mikey O's a I've known Mike, and he's a, he's a good coach. But when you think of Rick Tockett and Adam Foote, oh my goodness gracious, you are talking about two of the quality character people in the history of the game let alone, you know, the last 15 years. These guys hate to lose, and they know what it takes to win as well. So I, I do think we're seeing that, uh, and I think that we're also getting, and I think this is really important, we're getting buy-in from people who thought that they were the identity of the team, like J.T. Miller. Uh, and now we're seeing a team that is 23 strong and doing the right thing, and I think that's really important in all of this. Do you think they can uh, play bridge builder between Pedersen and Miller? And again, not to say that they're sworn enemies by any, let's not blow it out of proportion, but I don't think they're the closest to friends either. Do you think that those kind of guys can make sure that they're as close as they need to be to be a winning hockey club? Winning solves everything, Blake. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm not worried about personalities as long as there's two points in the W column. Uh, and you know, there's, this is the first time, in my opinion, this is the first time in the Rutherford Alvin regime, we're seeing a team that they feel that they built, uh, sure. There were draft picks and there were players that they inherited, but we're now seeing that second tier of players like Lafferty, like Bluger, uh, that are, you know, that are, are in the, the realm of what the front office wants. And I, and I think that's a big part of why this team got off to the, the start it has. And I see no reason uh, why it, why it won't continue in Philadelphia and in certainly in the games in Florida. Are cup contenders built on the perimeter? Like if, if you've got your requisite amount of stars, does it matter who those stars are as opposed to how you surround them? Or does the actual star matter? Do you think? Oh, I, I think there's a mix. Uh, I think that if you look at the great teams, um, usually when we get down to the brass tacks of March and playoffs, 
uh, what we're going to see is we're going to see superstars offset superstars, and then it's that second or third tier player. You know, when, when we look back in recent history of, of, of Stanley Cup champions, um, remember what Tampa had with that third line with, with Goudreau and, and with Coleman. Uh, I mean, they, th- that's what really changed the whole chemistry. And that's why a guy like Lafferty and a guy like Bluger are, are so important to this hockey club. Uh, and that's why, you know, the improving the defense is so important other than trying to surround Quinn Hughes with some support. Um, they're, they, they've been struggling with the cap for a long period of time, but they're finally, I think, feeling that they're at a point where they're getting the personality of this hockey club where they want it. And, and, and part of that personality goes back to making sure you have the coach that fits that personality as well. I think you hit it there uh, in terms of the bottom six, John. Like uh, four of the bottom six guys have points right now. Two of them have more than one point. So they're getting contributions from the bottom part of the lineup, which hasn't been a thing for the Vancouver Canucks. They're getting points from the defense, John, which <laughs> hasn't been a thing outside of Quinn Hughes. Well, uh, well the other thing, Matty, the other thing, Matty, I would say is is that that those bottom six players. Uh, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying the top six don't, but the bottom six guys are going to help you defensively as well. They're going to play a bigger mm-hmm. role in their own zone, which is you guys know was a, has been a major problem for this hockey Quite club fair. for the last five years, uh, oh, let, yeah. let alone and, the last two. And the penalty kill is still down around 73%. It hasn't been that great. Yeah, but the power play is pretty good. The power play is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You have played the best power play in the league, and of course, you haven't seen Bluger Mikheyev or Susie yet, who all were supposed to be mainstays on your penalty kill. Let me ask you this: um, If the Vancouver Canucks have a good season, do you think there's enough people back east who recognize Elias Pettersson's genius that he would get sort of votes for Selkie and Hart and all that? Do you think it's been a problem with the Vancouver Canucks competitiveness? that Elias Pettersson maybe hasn't had the uh, sort of league-wide shine that many people out here believe. he's looked pretty hardy in these first two games. He's, yep. I mean, it was just complete performances. Boy, I tell you what, has he been physical or what? Yeah. That, that's the – that's the. I mean, the other thing is is that he's still he's still not very old. Um, no. And, and he's still uh, – I know he's wiry strong. Um, but you know, the, he, he, I think you could still call him slight in so many ways that that's not a knock, but that's a reality. And I, I think you can see an anger in his game, which is, I think, positive as well in so many ways. I don't know why he's angry, but uh, it's a good thing for the Canucks that he is. Um, the original question, I think that there is an assumption that Pedersen is the star in Vancouver, but Stardom really only comes with victories. Uh, and so you can have great seasons like he had last year, but, it, it, you know, you know the problems that existed in Vancouver, the problems that existed in the standings, you know, still reflect on the best players on the team. So the answer is yes, there will be a lot more appreciation for, for Pedersen uh, as the team continues. Now, if they falter, and end up uh, three and six, or you know four and five, um, then then there isn't going to be that respect. This is still 
first and foremost, a team game. And he will get the attention when the team is playing well. And I think that's one of the reasons why after his rookie year, where we all fell in love with him, and we all fell in love with him in his rookie year, um, that I think that there's people have not taken him for granted, but not paid any attention to him because the team hasn't performed. Yeah. No, and, you know, fair enough. It's it's easy to discard teams that uh, toil right around the bottom of the league standings, which effectively the Vancouver Canucks have before late season surges, Blake. We're very familiar with that big mm-hmm. March run when you're already eliminated. Um, by the way, dude, for the uh, for the tale of the tape, um, Elias Patterson was initially listed, I think, at 160, and then it was at 176. Um, uh, one is the elite prospects has got about 185. This really? Year. So okay. he's starting to grow a little bit. Well, mm-hmm. uh, by the way, I was born at 160, so it's. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he's still in his elementary school shape, John. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> um. You saw Bedard last night through your town. Um, we have remarked on the schedule that the Chicago Blackhawks have played here. At, wow, opening night against Sydney, then Boston, then Toronto. He's hitting all the major media markets. John, he's on the Pat McAfee show on ESPN. What have you made of him as a player? And what do you make of the sort of promotional machine that's behind Connor Bedard? Because there have been some nice early season wins here for the NHL metric-wise. Well, and, and and wins for the Blackhawks too. I did not expect them to be two and two after four games. To be honest, I thought they would be one and three. I, I thought that the only game they would win would be in Montreal, and they didn't win that game. Um, you, you know, I, Connor Bedard has over delivered for the National Hockey League, in my opinion. Uh, his play on the ice has reflected something that we all thought was going to be that. You know, we're averaging five shots on goal per the first three games before last night, not getting any points last night, but still being prolific. Uh, but he's the fact that he's done everything. Um, you know, they have two days off now before their game in Colorado on Thursday night. I think that I hope he gets some sleep. I hope he gets some downtime. Uh, I love what Taylor Hall said yesterday, saying, you know, he, you know, we have to give this guy some space now. I suspect that will occur after the home opener on Saturday night in Chicago against Vegas of all teams. So it's not as if it's uh, you know slowing down for for Bedard, but he has handled it with such a plum. He has been um, a model citizen, no complaining, done all the interviews, uh, and anybody who complains that he wasn't available for a morning or an afternoon can go shove it because he has been he and he has become in a very quick time one of the top ambassadors for the National Hockey League and he Absolutely. he deserves he deserves a ton of credit for it and, and deserves acknowledgement for it. I, and, and he just turned 18. That To me, that's the differentiating factor. Wow. Like, I, I don't think there's any question a, a, a superstar rookie in the NBA gets far more asked of him, a superstar in the NFL far more asked of him, but they're generally older. In the NBA, they're at least 19. In the NFL, they're generally 20 to 21 by the time they get this sort of treatment. So, um, it, it, you know, it's it's not the same as being a star in those other sports, but he is just – and he just turned 18. So uh, I don't know that you can get much younger, and that's a lot to heap on a kid that age. No, and, and you know, he's been under the, uh, under the microscope since he's been about 14, if not before, uh, yeah. and, and has, has tried – to take the best aspects of all the others before him, 
whether it be Sidney Crosby, whether it be Austin Matthews, or whether it be Connor McDavid. Uh, and what we're seeing really in so many ways is we're seeing Connor Bedard. We're, we're, not, we're not seeing uh, an imitation uh, of, a, uh, of a player. We're seeing the, uh, the real deal in Bedard, the way he handles the media and the amount of access that people and the Blackhawks have given to him. It truly is amazing. Uh, lastly, John, we do a errors and omissions segment on this show, and uh, Grady Sass wants to put me on it because we failed to acknowledge your first career hole in one last week. So, congratulations! Oh, sir, that's right for joining the club. You didn't get to that. By, oh, by the way, a hole in one is is kind of like New Year's Eve because at midnight, when the ball drops at twelve oh one, there's nothing left. Mm-hmm. And when you get yeah. the hole in one, first of all, when you get the hole in one, there's no sound. Like you don't mm-hmm. hear a clank. You see yeah. it. And then 140 yards away, it, it disappears in the hole. And then that's mm-hmm. all there is. There's nothing. And to much it. like New Year's Eve, you're on the hook for a big bill. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A lot of drinks. Yes. I know. I, I can't believe it. I The three guys I played with, they were more excited about it than I was, including your pal, Paul Graham, uh, Blake. Uh, ah. so, uh, we, we did have fun, but yes, at the end of the night, the bill came to my table. It didn't. Yeah. Come. believe That's how it works. It's I the damnedest that thing. That is the stupidest rule I've ever heard. No, you should be so euphoric that you don't mind paying whatever bill comes to your <laughs> table. You're still, ri- you're still riding the high of the age. And that's, you relieve the burden of not absolutely. having to have had one. Right? Well, I, I one guess of the I reasons was, it's there based is on because the price, I was doubly euphoric. So. <laughs> Plus the other reason is there is to keep people honest, right? Oh. Like I got a hole in one. Oh, do you have witnesses? Well, yeah. And then, then I, I had to pay the, I got know, them I, really drunk. Exactly. They're drunk witnesses exactly. now, but yes. <laughs> well, anyways, thank well, you for the acknowledgement and, uh, and, and yes, you should have been on the emissions list. So yes. Uh, well done, John Shannon, both on the course and on the pod. We will mm-hmm. catch up next Tuesday. Cheers boys. Sakaris Price Wall Center presentation, Applewood Auto Group. Hashtags the best of Twitter.com. Mm-hmm. Brought to you by Jason Hominick, Jason.mortgage. If you have a great rate on mortgage, on your mortgage, but still need equity out of your house, Jason has a solution. You keep your great rate, you access that equity without touching your existing mortgage. Bada boom, bada. If your mortgage is up in the next six months, now is the time to reach out. Find him at Jason. Dot mortgage. Did you want me to start? Yeah, you start. At Patterson Jeff. He's made hashtags back-to-back days here. Spencer Martin suffered his 11th straight NHL loss tonight in CBJ's 4-0 shutout at the hands of Detroit. Has not registered a victory since December 27th versus San Jose. Feel bad for poor Spencer Martin. He was not very good for the Vancouver Canucks last year. But um, as a Chicago Bears fan, I'm familiar with calendar-long losing streaks. Yeah. And uh, they're not a lot of fun. He's and not He's not an NHL goaltender. He's not an NHL goaltender. I was really actually quite surprised that Columbus kept three goaltenders to keep him. Well, they've ran into the injury bug. Here. No, I understand that. But... Was he of a 
at risk of being waiver claimed? I don't. I don't think so. Like Tarasov, they're young. Like, not that young anymore, but Tarasov is hurt. But um, yeah, I, I mean, goaltending is a funny thing. Like, like Andrew Hammond remains one of the most interesting stories of all time. Mm-hmm. The Hamburglar from I mean, White Rock. What was it? Two months without a loss, it's like eighteen straight or something like, like that. Like ridiculous. Yeah. But really, was an AHL goaltender. You know, yeah. like it, it, it's. Uh, it's a funny, funny position, as we have learned even more so, I think, in the last handful of years, mm-hmm. that outside of an exclusive group that are dependable stars, it's a pretty finicky position. So l- let me ask you this, because we've, we've talked about this with Sarah Valley. I think we've talked about this with Shannon, too. John, are, are you of the minds now that as soon as you get a good young goaltender who shows he's an NHL, he's an NHL starter, before you pay him, trade him. <laughs> like in the ELC, you mean? Well, just, you know, when he's on the verge of making big money, significant money, like a good chunk of your cap. Well, it's just, it's just risky. Say, you know, 6 7% of your cap, something like that, which makes him a five or so million dollar goal. But if you've got a Shesterkin and you got a Vasilevsky, you got a Hellebuck, you got a Demko, no, you, you might regret that, right? Right, because those guys are difference makers. But again, there's probably six in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those. Ca- the carry- but that's the question: is yeah. do you bet that your guy is one of the five or six in the league? You you got to believe. I'm sure what this is see. very disconcerting to Grady being a goalie guy. But you know what? Your voice is in such bad shape. Just just save it. Just sit this one out. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> no, no, you're killing us with that voice. Hey, let's not forget who got who's sick here. Oh, did I get you sick? Is that the um, claim? Oh, that's what I'm going to run with. Okay. Show being produced by Kathleen Turner today. <laughs> <laughs> Took his breath away. At Washington Post, Tiger Woods left one of the 20 spots conspicuously open when revealing the field Monday for next month's Hero World Challenge, providing hope to fans that the 15-time major champion will participate in it. Uh, I don't I don't think that's an accident. I'm I'm sure he is kicking that thought around. Question is he uh is he healthy enough to make it all happen? Yeah, I mean I'm of two minds here. Number one, if he's going to play golf given how little he plays competitive golf now, it might as well be at one of his own tournaments where let's face it, it's not quite as serious as a regular PGA Tour stop, limited field, and all that. Um, the second thing I'm of the mind is just go be host. You don't S- want- save yourself for ones that matter to a broader yeah. cross section. But at the same time, I don't, I don't know that you can just show up on the doorstep of Augusta having not even sporadically played. So to me, I think it's mm-hmm. important for him. If we want him to be, if we want to cheer him on on the weekend on these on these majors, which I think I do, um, I, mm-hmm. I, I think he needs to sporadically play a little bit. It's almost a great poll question. Does Tiger make another weekend? Yeah, I think he does. Yeah, I, I, Again, we, you would think two shots. Augusta, because he knows the course so well. Yeah. And the Open Championship. Crafty play. Particularly, yeah. Yeah. And particularly if you're on the right side of the weather. Mm-hmm. And particularly if it's one of the shorter venues. Yeah. Yeah, I think he does. Okay. At Legion Hoops, Andrew Wiggins 
quote, the goal next year is to be with Canada in the Olympics. I would love to be an all-star. I would love to be on the all-defensive team. Huh. And so here we are. The worm has turned. Is it a maturing point here for Andrew Wiggins? Andrew Wiggins, who has not played for Canada in many, many years. And at one point, and Jay Triano would deny this, but at one point seemed to be sour on the program because Triano put him on the bench when he was struggling in that loss to Venezuela way back when in an Olympic qualifier, one of many different times when it was right there for Canada and they managed to screw it up. He has been an all-star in the past, 2022. And while he has not been first team all defense, his defense has been noted in the NBA. As as we've talked about, he wasn't a franchise-carrying star that we all thought Maple Jordan might just be, first overall pick, but he's a significant NBA player who can score for you if you don't have stars, albeit not necessarily in the preferred outside jump shot manner, and absolutely be one of the great complementary pieces if you've got stars, which he has been in Golden State since coming over from Minnesota. What do you think? Do you think they make room for Wiggins? Um, I think you have to give him a shot. I think you. I think you owe it to yourself to give him a shot because he he can play you owe defense it to the country. Yeah. yeah, like he's, you know, think what you might of his commitment to the program. There's still a player there. Well, just think of it this way: you got Wiggins and Brooks on the floor, you can lock some shit down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not to mention, you know, Wiggins is probably your number two scoring option. Yeah, you know, if Murray plays three, maybe Murray's gonna play. Murray, Murray's gonna play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I would suspect so. I mean, you play a small lineup with Gilgis Alexander, Murray, Brooks, Wiggins, and then a big. And, and you're, I think you're cooking. That there. sounds pretty fun. Yeah. Honestly, it sounds pretty fun. Um, at Big Head Hockey, uh, Alexi Lafreniere, three games, one point, one penalty, four shots, tenth among Rangers forwards, and five v five goal expected goals for. On his third head coach, Lafreniere as a Ranger is absolutely disappointing. At what point do the Rangers say, listen, we just need to try to get something for this asset and see. Mm -hmm. And for an acquiring team to say, I'm willing to take the chance given he could be a very good winger. No question. And I had read some things about his training camp. And then, if I'm not mistaken, he scored on opening night. Did he score in their first game? I think he scored in their first game. Everybody's buzzing after their first game because I think they, mm-hmm. they had a, a kid line going with him and Heedle and, and uh, Kako. Kako. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't think it's done much since. Yeah. And, and, like, the thing is, is in the past you've looked at the Rangers and said, hmm, maybe could use another centerman there. Maybe one day they try and spin off Lafreniere for a centerman. Zibanejad has stepped up and become a star. Heedle, as we talked about last year, damn good. And Peace would have looked Nice on the Vancouver Canucks going back to that JT Miller deal. They've signed Trocek, who is serviceable, more than that, third-line center. They have our old friend Nick Benino playing fourth line. I'm not sure the need down the middle is as big as it has been in the past there. As we know, they are a, a flood with right-shot defensemen. I mean, Truba, Fox, Schneider, go down the right side. Wow. 
might be the best right side in the league. So they have, I mean, he's got some time to figure things out there if the Rangers are going to be patient with him. But like you say, they may know more than we do and yeah. just decide that it's time to move on. Lastly, for me, at SI now, and I bring you this story with a little bit of pain and heartache because the results uh, Sunday, but also with a very wry smile. Kirk Cousins credited a legendary Creed song for helping the Vikings beat the Bears. Garrett Bradbury, the Vikings center in the locker room, decides to take a page from the Texas Rangers, gets Creed playing in the room before they take the field. Cousins, quote, I felt like that may have made the difference. <laughs> so we got that great difference. Cousins reveals that higher was the tune. The whole team was pumped up. Although he said, hey, it's not just higher. Quote, they've got quite a catalog. We started with higher this week. We didn't want to overstep our bounds. So just one higher. Next week, maybe we can see where we go from there. Oh, my goodness. Let's go there. What has become of this world? <laughs> He's going to a place where blind men see, Blake. We are in the darkest timeline. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't foresee this coming. <laughs> Finally, for me, at BR Football, remember, folks, we're hosting this darn tournament. 968 days before the 2026 World Cup starts, Guam are officially the first nation to be eliminated after qualifying in qualifying after losing 3-1 on aggregate to Singapore. So the road is officially over for Guam. Ah, too bad, Guam. Strike one from the would list. Have, would have loved to have had you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Can you imagine that on the marquee of BC Place? Today's World Cup match, Belgium versus Guam. Guam. Yeah. And that's hashtags for today. We're joined now by the head coach of the Whitecaps, Vanny Sartini, who not only has the huge match Saturday against LAFC on MLS Decision Day, but he's got Italy-England today in Euro qualifiers. Vanny, we organized training around the match today? Well, you know, it's uh, the, the, the Tuesday training always ends around 11.40, 11.45, so it's perfect then to Just go. so happens. <laughs> Just so happens. <laughs> so, Vanny, we noticed the results on the weekend with Dallas and Real Salt Lake. And if I have this right, my friend, um, because Dallas tied and didn't win, they can no longer catch you. Yeah. A tie for you guys can maybe move you up to fifth, but that still isn't home pitch advantage in the first round. So really, a win is the only thing you need to pursue here, and you don't even need to worry yeah, uh, it, about conceding or anything. You can really go for this game on the weekend, can't you? It's true. It's actually, it's actually what it is. So, you know, we are sixth at the moment, and actually sixth is the worst position that, uh, that we can land at the end of the, of the day because no one can catch us. And, uh, yeah, uh, and then so we go to try to win. Winning doesn't mean that... Uh, 
it's going to bring us automatically in the top four because we need some kind of results that go in our favor. But I think uh, the way that we have to approach this week is, is not about trying to get the top four, try to see who do we make calculation. We're going to play this team. We're going to place the other team. I think the way that we have to approach this week is like uh, it is already a playoff game. It is already a game that uh, uh, it's going to mean a lot for us against a very good uh, opposition. They're number two at the moment. And uh, because at the end, I said it before, I already been... I'm very happy that uh, we already have a, a guarantee one game at home with the playoff. But I think that we have all the tools to maybe even go further. So in order to go further, you, you need to be the best team. So, you know, you, we don't have to make some calculation. We want to avoid this team or avoid the other team because you're going to play the best team at, at some point. I was just going to ask you, I mean, that's usually the uh, the, the task of a, of a fan in any sport when you're approaching the playoffs is, oh, I hope they finish here because I don't want to f- face these guys. I, I, I'm sure that your players and yourself, you probably don't even – consider that right now because you've been able to beat with uh, beat uh, the, the teams at the very top, St. Louis and LAFC. Um, and, you know, I, I think Seattle, Houston and Salt Lake, you probably say are right alongside you as well. I mean, there's just really this West is so crazy. I don't know that even fans uh, who can sometimes be doomsday scenario uh, seekers. I don't think they're intimidated by anybody they see above you either. Yeah, I think so too. I think so. Yeah. That's, I would say the, a, a credit to the the work that we've done the, the entire season, playing well, playing, I would say, against any team. As you said before, we beat Seattle, we beat St. Louis, we beat uh, uh, LAFC, Houston. And uh, from an outside perspective, someone would say, ah, you know, probably the less strong team is Salt Lake. <laughs> Salt Lake is the only team who beat us twice. So that's... Uh, <laughs> that's uh, it, 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 I would say it's like... Uh, and the explanation on how tight is the the Western Conference and, how, again, how good we need to be in order to go deep in the playoff, but uh, how this possibility is actually real, in my opinion. Let's get a health update. Andres Kubis, uh, where is he at? So uh, he started doing uh, some runs uh, yesterday training. Uh, he was used as a... Uh, you know, uh, joker in the in the possession, so no contact. Basically, uh, tomorrow he won't train 100%. I think the big decision on uh, uh, if he's gonna play against the LAFC if uh, he's able to do a full training on Wednesday. If he's able to do a full training on Wednesday, it means that he's ready to go. If it's not, because it's a game that is very important, but it's not a do-or-die game, I think we can wait a little to uh, to have him 100% on the first game of the playoff. How have you felt about your team the last couple of times out, Vanny? Are you making progress? Do you feel like you're in the right spot going into this big one? Yeah, the last two games that were... Very good, in my opinion. Uh, against St. Louis, we played really well. I, it's like, uh, to be honest, it's been our trademark on playing home the entire season to, I would say, be the dominant team, be the team in charge of the of the game, creating chances, trying to score. And, and against a good team like St. Louis, we 
we basically smashed them in the in the in the game. And uh, the second one was even for me even more reassuring in the for for the next week in in Seattle because I think we did a very good job for I would say 60 minutes in terms of quality of the game. And then in the last 30 minutes, actually, the Sounders pushed a lot and they put us in in our uh, final third. But uh, we showed something that we actually did show only in the last, I would say, five, six games away, maybe seven games away, that the ability to to suffer, the ability to cope with moments when the other team is uh, is all over you. And, uh, and I think that that ability is going to be really, really, really important uh, if we want to uh, do a run in the playoff. There's, uh, is, is there anybody right now that you, you feel like needs to step up a little bit at this point, or do you think like there's buy-in from, from every corner of the roster? No, there's a buy-in from uh, everyone. Like, uh, Of course, we still have guys that are getting into the best condition because of the way that... Uh, they came like, I don't know, Sam is reaching that condition. Some of the Kubi and, uh, you know, as at the moment he haven't, he hasn't played uh, a lot of games because of that. But we hope that he's going to pick him uh, in, the, in the next few weeks. Uh, uh, junior, the same. Uh, I would say he came and is giving his contribution. Uh, I would say more on a quality base than a quantity base, let's say like this. And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, we, we hope that it's getting up. Even Luis Martins, that uh, he's been very important in the, the first half of the season, that he's been out for a couple of months. Now he's fully back, so he's available for selection for, for LAFC. So, yeah, you know, we, we, we hope that these guys, that uh, they haven't been, I would say, under the spotlight for the last few weeks, they're going to even help us uh, giving the contribution, and of course, we hope that uh, uh, the guys that have been very good, like Brian White, Ryan Gold, Pedro Vite, Shopfi, uh, Tristan Black, Monranco, Yohei, are going to keep doing what they're doing. Forgive a question out of left field, coach, but I understand the process is underway from Soccer Canada looking for their new yeah. head coach. Have they reached out at all? Have you talked to them at all? No. No, no, no. I don't. I haven't talked with uh, with the federation. Uh, but between me and you, would be an honor if just they think about me to to coach the national team. So, uh, uh, so I, as everyone knows, my contract ends in December with the Whitecaps. Uh, but uh, I, I don't think it's breaking news if I tell you that. Uh, we are talking about uh, uh, renewing the contract. So, mm-hmm. I, if I if I have to go, uh, well, no, let's not place a bet. In the last few days, Italian soccer has been it has another scandal. Yes, <laughs> right. Yes. So yes. Let's, let's not say that. Let's say if I if I have to take a beer with you and say hey. what happened in the future, I would say yeah. I, 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 I see myself here in the in, in next season. Uh, with the white caps, but nobody knows until you don't sign. Sure, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to make sure, coach, that we don't lose you before Italy smartens up and hires yes, you somewhere right. down the road. Yes. All right, so that that was my motivation. I'm sure you didn't watch Canada live. Did you watch any? Did you watch any piece of that Canada Japan game? Uh, I watched a little bit of uh, 
uh, of the game. I watched the highlight immediately, and then after that, uh, I watched like kind of a half of the game. I wanted to see uh, how how Richie and, and Junior that they played it. So that's uh, Junior score. What's 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 going on overall, though? Not to criticize Mauro Biello here, but because um, it's not he's new on the scene. I'm sure it's not his fault here. But what's uh, what's going on there with with the Canadian team? They look uh, out of sorts. Do you think? Well, you know, of course, it's like uh, you know. First, first of all, you have to uh, say something that looks, uh, uh, I would say, simplistic, but it's not. That Japan is a very, very good team. Right. Yeah. For so sure. Mm-hmm. Japan is like a, a top eight team in the world at the moment. So they're really, they, 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 they're really, really good. Uh, uh, and the other thing, of course, uh, you know, you have only this. Uh, it's it's a friendly game uh, with. Uh, uh, you still don't know who's going to be the coach in the in the next future, and you are even subconsciously probably you're not ready to go hundred uh, percent, and uh, yeah, and uh, mm. and and again the the way that the game went it didn't help because if uh, if uh, Jonathan David scored the, the penalty and it's one one maybe we're talking about another game we're talking right. about the good performance maybe winning losing time. But we're talking mm-hmm. about the good performance, and uh, uh, so I think that the best way it's for uh, because I, if I'm not mistaken, the next thing is kind of a qualification for the Copa America. They have to play for nation, yeah, via yeah, Nations yeah, League, yeah, for the Nations League, and and then mm-hmm. because the Copa America next Copa, year is yeah. going to be very important to be to be there for the national team. Got to uh, be. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be completely different, uh, and I think also the federation will. Will 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 make a decision soon because I think that that's the most important thing. You need clarity in order to go through a process and, and expect the player to give a hundred percent. Saturday, six p.m. decision day. As we've talked about, they all kick off at the same time. Six p.m. at BC Place against LAFC. We wish you the best of luck, Vanny. Thanks for the time. Thank you so much, guys. See you soon. Take care of some price from Wall Center presentation, Applewood Auto Group. You can text us 778-402-9680. It's the Great Clips text message inbox. Great Clips. It's going to be great. I got him there. He was a beat slow. I was on. So are the Phillies and Rangers on a collision course for the World Series? That would be, to quote Gorilla Monsoon, the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Three more home runs for the Phillies last night. And again, it's their big gun, Schwerber, Harper, Harper, Castellanos. It's crazy. Two in the first inning. They jump all over Arizona and starter Zach Gallen, who, poor guy, is a Philly guy, going home to pitch the NLCS. Win 5-3. Now, the Texas Rangers are 7-0 and in this postseason. And they nearly, we've talked about the Rangers bullpen. And, you know, Houston claws back in that game and has its opportunities in the late innings. And how about Alvarez? What a player. Oh, oh God. The power on that guy. They're down two runs. He steps up, first pitch swinging, yanks it out of the yard. Now it's a one-run game, and you just go, whoa. Big moments. He's the new Poppy, huh? Remember how big Poppy in big moments in the postseason? Mm. It was just like almost automa- automatic. Alvarez. So Texas wins 5-4. And they're going home with the 2 nothing series lead. I mean, 
Per- and the bullpen uh, stepped up last Could night. Could they have a perfect postseason? I mean, you have to start to consider. I don't think so, but you have to start to consider it at this point. You, you do. Mm-hmm. They are just rolling like thunder. It's crazy to see. And it seems like anytime if you come and join a Rangers game late, they've got the lead. You know, like if you, if you tune in in the third inning, they're already up several. Runs. Twice during their run, I've been guilty of having to navigate away from the web page that I'm on, thinking that I haven't refreshed the page since their last win. Mm-hmm. Like, like just like, am no, I exactly? On, am I on a two day old page here, or is this a yet another Texas <laughs> win? No, it's a yet another Texas win. As I was leaving the studio yesterday, I just checked my phone, and yeah, there was a tweet about uh, the Rangers leading again. Quite a run. Results of yesterday's Bodog poll question, where we asked you, when was the last time you were this, not excited, but stoked about the Canucks? The options that, that was like the, By the way, the worry, people, some people were hung up on the verbiage of it. Literally, we went with stoked because it's one character short of excited, and we needed to shorten it for the, uh, for, for the tweet. Rob, yeah, the, the siding guy. Stoked is a difficult word. Hey. <laughs> I was excited in the bubble that they were on their way to becoming a really good team. But the last time I was stoked was when they legitimately had a chance to win the cup like 2010. Sometimes we're very fussy about the verbiage. Sometimes it's just shorter. (laughs) But it made the difference for Rob the siding guy, Blake. Yes, it did. He would have been excited, Grady, but we chose stoked. And he's out. He's not so stoked. He's out on stoked. 25 characters max in the voting (laughs) options, for those wondering. So the options were the bubble, 2014-15, when last there was a playoff game at Rogers Arena, the President's Trophy era, or can't remember slash not stoked. Winner? Um, The the President's Trophy teams. No, bubble. Really? 43%. The President's Trophy era team's got 32%. Can't remember, not stoked, 22%. And then only 3% on 14-15. I I voted for 14-15 just because similar vibe. Mm -hmm. That was the year that Willie Desjardins and the Cucks, a lot went right. Redeem Verbata scored a ton of goals. And I sort of feel like it could be a little bit like that. But shout out to... um, Clark, who says, more like the 2006 vibe, start of a new era. Could well be, Clark. It's a little aggressive for me now after two games, but if you're telling me this is more like AV's first year, where they come on in, surprise playoff team, and AV won the Jack Adams that, that year. Now, the different formula, well, we'll see. I mean, Luongo, Louie and Hope was the, <laughs> they have a little bit more, I think, star power. The Sedins hadn't quite emerged as, you know, league stars at that point. But, yeah, could be that as well. Hassan and Burnaby says, 2020 bubble playoffs. In the back of my mind, I knew it was lightning in a bottle, but it was still a fun ride, especially with the lockdown still on. The whole city felt hyper-focused on the Canucks. <laughs> a lot of you saying too early. Goal of Maine says, need to see how they play 10-plus games. And so far, so good without Susie and Bluger. Yep, Absolutely. And Smeo says, the massive winning streak at the start of the Boudreaux era was my last real excitement. That was great fun with Bruce, there it is, and all those wins and all those goals. I think a lot of people, and clearly Canucks management, felt it was hollow. 
And the other part there is they were just massively out of it playoff chase-wise. And that, for me, muted everything. Yes. about. As fun as it was to watch the games, attend the games, and even talk about the games, there was nothing at the end of the rainbow. That much was already clear. Yeah, and, and that really does tamp down sort of the actual depth of the joy that you feel there. Like, it was... Um, akin to watching a good episode of a sitcom versus watching like a profoundly deep film, like it's just it's just the it's just not the same. Oh, I and, thought you were going to say it like watching a good episode of a game show. Oh, that was a good Jeopardy. That was a good Family Feud. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, it's not changing the price of tea in my world, no, but damn, hits, that was thirty minutes well spent. It hits a little more shallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you mm-hmm. have to have some concerts, and that's why we we've been saying nonstop here to start this season. There's a different way, even if they, if you guaranteed right now that they finish with 92 points, but you don't know mm-hmm. if they're in the playoffs or not, how they get to 92 points, 93 points matters. Don't, don't start in last place and rise to 93 points. Like, how about you keep us enthralled throughout the entire season by staying competitive? And, and already at 2-0, and oh, they've sort of, they've almost guaranteed November the 1st, they've still got our attention. But let's hope they push that a little bit farther and keep us enthralled right through the new year. Errors and omissions from yesterday's program. Uh, I'm on the list. Forgot Hunter Brestevich is American, not Canadian. Grew up in Washington Township, Michigan, outside of Detroit. Played for the Honey Baked program there. So Team USA eligible for the World Junior Hockey Championships. Uh, Won't be wearing the Maple Leaf anytime soon. Still just 18, huh? He doesn't yeah. turn 19 until late November. Quite a year. Too. So he's a late he's a late birthday draft pick, but he would have two more cracks at the World Junior Hockey Championship. Yeah, unless he's plucked in the oh, National wait a second. Hockey no. League. No, he wouldn't. He would have just the one. He, he got to be. He, yeah, that's right, January 1st. Yeah. Anything else, Grady? No, sir. All right, time for Blake's Bodog line of the day. Bodog, your source for casino games, poker strategy, sports odds. So you like what you got? Uh, I'm debating too. It's a little Leila Annie Fernandez coming off of the the big win in Hong Kong. Already won her first round match in the uh, next event. This in Japan. Still, uh, is it in Japan or is it in China? Where are we here? Uh, Nanchang. That sounds like it's probably in China, I guess, or a Japanese island. But I'm going to go with China. Um, and. This is the 250, somehow in the second round, this is the 255th ranked player in the world. So I can choose a correct set of six to one that plays at a plus 340, or I can go in any set to nil. And I think there's a, I think there's a six love set in mm. Leilani Fernandez. Oh, so wow. I'm going to go plus 305 on that. On your Bodog line of the day. Thanks for listening, everybody. A reminder to subscribe to us and Rinkwide wherever you get your podcast. Follow on social media. That's Twitter, Insta, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube. And, of course, support the community sponsors you hear us talking about. Keep it local.